All right, well, welcome everyone. Y'all doing good? Yeah. I think we should uh, just begin. If we could all stand, I want to take some, some time and just, just, just thank God for all he's doing in the house. And just let, let's just pray for a couple minutes together. Not just me over the microphone, but everyone, let's just lift up prayers uh, uh, and praises of just thanksgiving. Can we do that together? Lord, we just thank you so much for everything you're doing in this house. Come on, come on, y'all, pray with me out loud. Come on. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for what you're bringing us into, God. We give you praise tonight. We thank you for what you've done over the past seven years. We thank you for what you're bringing us into. We thank you for the, the volunteers and the, um, all of the man hours that's put into making uh, what you have given us come to life, God, and that is to see people come alive. I thank you for the word you've been giving us. I thank you for um, the, the worship team and their growth. I thank you for what's going on in the kids' ministry, the host team, everything going on, God. We just give you praise. Can we give God praise? We just give you praise, God. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray, everybody said. Amen. All right, y'all can have a seat. Um, so we're going to be going over uh, quite, quite a good bit at the beginning. Um, and we're really, I'm, I really want to spend most of the time actually in the last thing we're talking about. So some of this uh, may be interesting at the beginning to some of you. Some of it may be like, uh, just like you know, kind of get through it. So just bear with me. Uh, we are recording um, because I know some people couldn't be here, and they, they say, hey, is there any possible way that you can record? So we are going to have some discussion and Q&A at some points, and Brandon's got a microphone. If you could just talk into the mic so we can get down the recording, that way we can use it um, as blackmail later, that would be great. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm just excited, first of all, of all that, again, God's been doing in this house, just watching, I mean, just being in this particular location two years the, the interesting people that God is bringing here. Um, that was supposed to be a joke, but... <laughs> um, no, God's been bringing so many people into the house and so many people hungry for, for what he has for us and, um, and moving forward. It's kind of cool because I've, I've had visions of things over the past even four years ago and hearing conversations about, I'd love to see this and having a passion for this, I really feel like it's one of those times to kind of start moving. And so I'm going to cast some vision for that stuff tonight. But I want to start out talking about some updates in a few areas of the ministry and, and the teams and all that kind of thing and structure just to get everyone on the same page so that we all know kind of where we're at as a house and how we're operating and all that good stuff. So to start out vision night, I want to talk about the stir coffee update. Because um, I know a lot of people have been kind of wondering what's going on with STIR. You know, we raised, um, I believe it's close to $65,000. And uh, isn't that awesome? Um, every, and, it, and it all came from people in the house. And I think that's even more awesome. Within just two or three months, um, the church raising sixty-five grand for just a vision of going into a coffee shop. But it, when you raise that in March and when you're in October... And we don't really see a lot going on. People start kind of asking, hey, what's going on? And I haven't really been talking about updates every week. So I thought that this might be a good time to talk about an update on what's going on with Stir Coffee. So in talking about it, I want to tell you a little story that I heard about at a meeting I was at this week, actually. I'm sure everyone knows about the Brooklyn Bridge, that there is one, right? <laughs> well, there's an interesting story about how it was built. The people raised tons of money to get this project of the Brooklyn Bridge built. 
and they raised all this money, and after a while, people started complaining, like, hey, we raised all this money, where's the money going? You know, what's, what's going on? We're not seeing any progress. And what the people, the government came to the people and responded with something that I thought was very good to start explaining where we're at with stir. The people said, or the government came to the people and said, well, your money hasn't gone to waste because in order to build the part of the bridge that you can see, we've had to spend a lot of the time up to now building the infrastructure underneath the water, underneath the places you can't see, in order to support the bridge that you're going to see. And I thought that that was a great illustration for where we're at with Stir Coffee. I know that no one's seeing a lot yet, but I can assure you there's been work going on every single day getting this thing going. So just to give you an update of where we're at, the ceiling except for the foyer area has been completely painted. I've talked about that a little bit. Our air conditioning system for the, uh, for the church side and the cafe side has been installed. That was a $20,000 project. Uh, we have uh, Chelsea and Crystal, Stacy, Lynn, many others who have been involved with that. I can't list everyone. Um, people serve. I know Martha has served. Other, others have served. Uh, Jenna has served. But they have been working since we started raising money. We've got uh, the, 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 the business account set up. We've got the architectural permits. We have done menus, uh, staff manuals. I mean, you name it. I mean, they, we, we've had to submit permits to the health department. And in order to do that, you've got to have fire evac plans. And you've got to have, I mean, you, you've got to put down where every piece of equipment's going. We have signed uh, uh, leases and agreements to where we're able to buy $30,000 worth of kitchen supplies. But instead of putting $30,000 up front, we're going to be able to lease it for 600 bucks a month, no interest, paying it off whenever we want. That's and that's with local restaurant people where, where if something breaks, we're not calling on someone from Atlanta to come down. They're in Savannah. That's our espresso machines. That's the kitchen. I mean, everything you could think of. So let me tell you, it, it's been a process. It's definitely been slower than I thought. Um, I think than most of us thought because when you think, let's raise money, let's start a coffee shop, the idea of the coffee shop sounds simple. But when you're converting, a, you know, mechanics warehouse into a health code standard place, there's a little bit more grunt work into it. So I just wanted to just give you that quick update. Stuff is going on, and we're close. Uh, all we're waiting for at this point is one thing, and that's the health permits. That usually takes, from what I understand, 30 days for it to be approved. It was submitted, I believe, last week or two weeks ago. So we're waiting on that. As soon as they, we have the go, we've already got the bids, we've already got the contractors. As soon as they say go for it, we're going to start building. Amen? So... In a perfect world, I would love to see us open up in January or February. That's what we're hoping for. So if you want to pray into that, maybe for, you know, expediate that health code process, that would be awesome. So I assure you, we are still in the vision. We're still going to open up Stir Coffee. For those of you that may not have heard about Stir Coffee, it's the idea that we are stirring up one another, one another for good works through this idea of an entrepreneurial coffee shop where all the profits are going to be supporting local uh, and, and foreign if we feel like doing that uh, outreach. Everything we do is about showing back in. Amen? So that's what's going on with STIR. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the leadership and structure of the house. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I don't know if embarrassing is the word, but that's what I'm going to go with. 
we haven't had, we, the leadership has known what the structure is, but we haven't really put it out there in a very clear way for everyone to know. So I've been working really hard this year of, I think I've written about uh, 12 or 15 manuals about every single thing you can think of so that if you have questions, and I'll show you this later, it's all online and accessible to you. But I haven't really gone over what our current leadership structure is or who the people are in that structure. So I thought it might be good to go through that. So... Our new leadership structure as of right now, if you want to throw it up there, is, I don't know if you can see it very well. I hope you can. But basically, at the, the head of the house is the visionary apostolic leader, lead pastor, and of course, I hope you know who that is. That's me. And I am held accountable to a board of overseers. The board of overseers are not in this house. They are the Jackie Tires, Clay Nash, Dutch Sheets. It's the network of NEI. They deal with me directly, keeping me accountable in my walk as a, as a man, as a man of God. Um, if anything were to ever go on that needed someone to come in from the outside to deal with, the elders of this house have the authority to talk to the board of overseers. So whenever we have leadership in a church, the biggest mistake that a church has is for the lead guy not to have accountability. So we've set up accountability above and under in this house. So I have that accountability, and then there are elders in this house. We have three elders currently. That's Pee Wee Ward, Angela Ward, and Gary Rowden. Some of you may know Gary, some of you don't. Gary is not a regular attender of this house. He helped start this house seven years ago and came about three years he is a spiritual mentor and father to me, and he is still very involved in the prayer and what's going on and, 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 and helping me out on a personal level of, hey, I've got this, and, and we all talk about things together. I've heard it was always a good thing, I've heard this from my leadership, to have elders inside the house and outside the house. Well, why is that a good thing? Because I can bring someone outside the house who doesn't care about hurting people's feelings and tell me straight up how it is. Okay? Now, we're never going to have more outside than inside, but it's always a good balance. And right now, that's the three. Um, I know God's going to give us more, um, and that's something that God's going to tell me, okay? And, 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 and I'm going to make sure that we're all in agreement. So some of you know this already, but we don't vote in this church. I do talk to everyone. I value everyone's opinion, but we don't run this church like a democratic government. We run this in a kingdom manner. So the way that the leadership decides on things is, if an idea comes, whether it be from me or anyone else in the house, we pray about it, we talk about it, and we don't move on it until the four, four people in, in those positions, apostolic leader and right now three elders, when those are in agreement, that's when we move. Now, I do have the authority to overrule the elders, but in my wisdom, hopefully, I, hopefully I've got wisdom, I don't do that because I'm not prideful and I'm not trying to say that I hear from God and no one else does. Amen. Um, the next area is pastors, teachers, pastors serving, caring for the people in this house. This is something new we're moving toward, and I've already kind of, we're going to talk about this in a second, but <clears throat> pastors serving, caring for the people in the house, focused on caregiving, counseling, uh, getting people connected to counselors, growing people in faith, overseeing discipleship, gatherings, all that kind of thing. Basically, I have um, called on two people to help start this culture of finding pastors to help me do what I'm not great at. I have, I used to say all the time I didn't like building relationships with everyone. That's actually changed a lot for me. 
I've really enjoyed it, but I'm not going to be able to do it with every single person forever. But I also want to make sure that we make sure that personal needs are taken care of. So we're establishing pastors, and the two pastors right now that I've called on and have talked with them over the past year is Marty and Michael. So Marty and Michael are going are the first pastors underneath the lead pastor of this house. We're going to add more to that as, as God reveals who those are, but that's currently who the pastors are of this house. And we're actually talking about the roles that are going to be um, widening for them and, and, and deepening for them and all that kind of thing. Um, but they've already done a, a lot that I'm not able to do. Something as simple as when first-time guests comes, I know that we're getting people to meet with them, but usually the second or third meeting um, or or people already in the house, Marty and Michael have already been helping me out by, hey, make sure people's needs are met. And if they feel like there's a need, they talk to me about it, and we make sure the need gets met. Uh, it's, it's very much like in Exodus when uh, Moses' father-in-law said, hey, you got to get captains of tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands. Obviously, we're not at the point of thousands or necessarily even hundreds. We're more at the tens and fifties level right now. Um, I'm not sure what God's going to expand to, but I do know that we have to manage what we have right now very well. So I believe that's a part that we've had to establish. <clears throat> is, this, that, is this good? Y'all in agreement? Okay. If you're not, you're unbiblical. Um, <laughs> servant leadership, basically those are team leaders, teachers. You, you see house pastors on there we're going to talk about in a, a little bit. So basically, you know, you have people like Stacy, who's leading host team. Hasn't she done an amazing job taking over host team, right? We have facilities team leaders. Lynn has done a great job uh, uh, getting our inventory system done and, and making sure all of that's in line. Um, I, I, can I... Well, Lynn's actually transitioning out of facilities team leader, and Chelsea is stepping up into that role. But I think Lynn's just done an awesome job. Can we honor her in that awesome? Uh, and we have, we, we have, you know, uh, Crystal is uh, doing all the admin stuff, and, and she's doing a great job. Uh, Joe is helping with financial stuff, keeping on the. I mean, there's just all kind of different. Am I missing anyone that's leading the team that I'm doing really bad at right now? Uh, oh, Jenna does this little ministry called Our Kids. Um, <laughs> You know, so, uh, <laughs> but there's just, there's so many different um, uh, people, and we're going to talk about teams more in a little bit, um, but that's where servant leadership is. So they don't necessarily uh, make final decisions in the um, category of lead pastor, elders, overseers, but that's where they are, if, if you will, in the structure of of the leadership. And then after that, you'll see, I think the next page, you see volunteers, evangelists, and family. Everyone, we encourage you to volunteer. Evangelism is, we're not necessarily trying to get an evangelism team. Hopefully that those gifts are going to rise up and we just take advantage and, and show people who God is through who we are. Amen. And family, basically, everyone here that just comes. Can I be real? There's going to be people here who just come that don't serve. I hope not, but that's, that's kind of uh, something that happens. I don't, want to let them, I don't want them to feel excluded. So if, even if you're not serving and you're just here, we're all part of a family. Amen. So just because you don't serve don't mean we don't care about your needs. I don't like that kind of style of leadership. If they're coming here, if you're here and you're not serving but you're part of this house, you mean just as much as everyone else. Amen. Amen. So decision-making, I've already kind of went through this, um, but at the very bottom, we will always honor the voices in this house, but we do not vote on decisions. Uh, we trust leadership of um, the lead pastor, the elder, and overseers. Amen? Any questions on that?
or just give me an amen. Awesome. Um, one thing we are updating is we have, uh, we're updating the foundations manual. Foundations, again, is uh, what we're going through the end of every month for anyone that wants to start serving. It's a way we, you know, cast vision, let everyone know what our beliefs are, because if you're going to represent this house, you're going to need to understand what we believe, how we operate, just for unity, amen? So we have updated it. We haven't got them printed out. This is going to be more so for January. But I want to kind of show you some things we've done to the foundations manual. We've added a page called Our Story. It's basically just a very quick idea of how relentless can be relentless. Um, we've also added on page, uh, if you keep going to page six, uh, area called Our Language. Just keep scrolling until I tell you to stop. Nope, you're, nope, back. Our Language. So you see our house, worship center, gatherings, hosts. We want people to know what we call, how we call it, so that everyone's on the same page. We don't say, you know, join our church. We say, be a part of our house. We call everyone that serves a host, those type of things, just to get people understanding where that is. Um, the, the, the page seven right next to it, it says, nope, the same page. You're not looking at the actual things. You're looking at, there you go. See the bottom, it says seven. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Crystal. Um, the, the, a very simple leadership structure is added. You'll see we don't put the evangelism and the family and all that on there. This is just simply the, the leadership decisions of the house. That is in the foundations manual now. Also, if you, start, if you notice, Crystal, if you'll start scrolling, you'll see we added QR codes to some of the areas, such as um, you'll see groups and gatherings right there. So when people are taking foundations, they can just take their phone, scan it, and they can sign up right there if they want to. I thought that was something kind of cool we did. Um, and on page 16, you'll see an updated list of teams. I want to talk about teams for a moment. <clears throat> we are, we've kind of expanded it a little bit, but you'll see there's admin, connections, creative, events, facilities, host, prayer, kids, security, team leaders, and worship team. We have people serving in literally all these areas. One mistake um, I made in the past is we put teams on there that we don't have. Don't, don't want to do that anymore. We're not trying to have foundations casting vision, right? We want foundations for people to understand what we have. So these are all the teams. Not every team has a leader. Not every team needs a leader necessarily. But these are all the areas that we are moving into and what God is um, actually bringing us people to servants. That's pretty awesome. Having said that, um, little push, a little pull. Um, most of you serve in here. I, I, think, I think everyone serves in here, to be honest. But we are really needing better communication and more serving in host team area. Um, Crystal usually sends out a text, um, and I know that sometimes she doesn't get responses for weeks or days, and she didn't ask me to say this, so you know th this is all me, but even if you can't serve, just let, let her know. She needs to know what pool she can pull from. Um, and she, you know she, she do, she's been doing a great job of that. I know everyone in this room serves, but if you see someone who's not serving, just you know encourage them, hey, we, could, we, we would love for you to serve somewhere. Um, so just keep your eye out, and if you can serve more, let her know. Um, if you're not serving, tonight will be a great time to say, hey, I want to get on the, 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 what do you call it, schedule, schedule. That's a good word for it, huh? <clears throat> Having said that, we also added a link on the very last page called resources. <clears throat> now, this is where we're going to go to next. We've added a resource page on the website, but you cannot find this page on the website. 
You can only find this if you're in foundations or if I'm talking to you right now or if you want to talk to other people about it. What it simply is, is you go to relentlesschurchsab.com slash resources. You can type it in. It's going to be there, but you, can't, you cannot find that link online. What this page is, if you throw it up, Crystal, all those manuals I just talked to you about, they're all right there for you to click on. So there's a, let's say you're serving in the host team and you're scheduled for call to worship or tithe and offering, but you've never done it before. Well, now you can click call to worship host guide or tithe and offering host guide, and it is a step-by-step what's expected, what we want, your time length. I mean, everything you need to do it appropriately. Pretty cool, right? Um, there's uh, facilities team manuals, financial policies. If you've ever wondered about how do we steward the finances and make decisions, go to the page tonight, read up on it. Um, house gatherings, we'll look at that in a little bit. Leadership structure, the thing I just showed you. A pastoral manual, prayer ministry helps. That's a big one I want to point out. If you're ever in a place where you're praying for people or you're talking to people and maybe you need some scripture references or maybe you're not confident in prayer and you need something to kind of, hey, I don't know what to pray, but I can at least read this prayer so I can have a starting point. It's literally like a, about a 16-page helps for you that has, I mean, depression, financial decisions, worry, homosexuality, anything you can think of. It's, 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 it's a prayer ministry helps for you to strengthen you. I hope that y'all will appreciate that. Um, also, uh, prophetic altar and prayer protocols. Um, I think it'd be worth talking about this a little bit. Um, not, I don't want to talk about the whole thing. I'd like for you to go read that. But, you know, as we grow as a house, um, we, we come into some areas that um, we've never dealt with before, and we've got to bring some order to it. Um, because it's, but, and before I get into this, I, I, I'm, not, I am not trying to come down on anyone. I think it's a good thing that we are. We talked about this a little bit. Um, uh, I call it an R&R culture. Uh, research or R&D culture, research and development, where we're going to get things wrong. And if you got something wrong, it's okay. We're going to learn from it, and we're going to move forward. Is, is, do y'all understand that? Yeah. It's okay. Can, can we just say it? It's okay. It's okay. So if you get offended by what I'm about to say, it's okay. Okay? I don't, I don't tell me you're offended. Just get over it. All right? That's bad. Um, but... One little protocol, and uh, because I've I've seen this a couple times, you know, if I'm not inviting an altar call, sometimes people come up to the altar area. If I have not invited them for an altar call prayer response, do not assume that that is your time to go pray for them. Let them worship, okay? So very simple protocol. If you want to pray for someone at the altar call, do it if an altar call uh, invitation has been given. Does that make sense? Also, there are times in the worship gathering where you ever, you ever had like one of those times where you just feel in your spirit, I'm supposed to go pray for that person? You ever had that? That's encouraged, but protocol, get permission, okay? Make sure, if you, like if I've got this unction in my spirit, like I see that guy on the front row with tattoos, he must be a, a demon, so I'm going to go pray for him. <laughs> You know, before I just say, hey, I'm going to start praying for you, say, hey, um, I feel like, you know, that you're really demon-possessed, and I want to pray for you, <laughs> and, just see if, and just see if they say yes or no. If they say no, don't convince them. Honor them. The great thing about that is if you take the time to ask permission, most of the time you're going to get a, yeah, pray for me. 
and then they don't feel like you're violating their space. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that has happened at all or a lot, but it's a good protocol just to make sure that we honor people, okay? Are we all in agreement with that? All right, you can read all of those protocols by clicking that. Um, uh, Our constitution and bylaws, literally everything you can think of. And I'm going to add more as we grow, but it's a resource page for whatever you need. So any questions, comments, amens? Amen. All right. Let's see what else. Our kids' updates. Um, We are very, 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 very short on volunteers, just being honest with you. Now, I'm not trying to convince people to serve in our, if you don't love kids, please don't serve there. Like, we're not one of those churches. If you don't want to serve, if you don't want to be in there, we don't want someone in there that the kids know that they don't want to be there. That's, you know, and kids know. Kids have got, like, super Holy Ghost discernment about anything. (laughs) Right? Everything. Um, But having said that, we do need volunteers. Now, I also know that one reason volunteers may not want to serve in there is because they want to be in here in the worship gathering. So we are talking about some changes. One change that is taking effective basically immediately, depending on if people want to serve, is we're going to start doing two shifts for birth to three years in the same gathering. So basically one person will simply serve in there during worship from um, 5.15 when they start checking in to 6.45. And then someone else comes in after worship that was in here, and then they serve from 645 to 8 for the sermon. So that way, one person's not in there for three hours. We're asking for a one-hour shift each night. So one week, hey, you know what, I'll miss worship to go serving the kids. Or one week, I'll miss a sermon to go serving the kids. That's one change we're making. Um, We're also praying, and if y'all want to, I don't want to necessarily discuss this tonight, but pray about this. Should we start allowing some of the older kids that can, that can I don't want to say behave, but um, behave in here, bring them in here and let them start coming to me and part of the worship gathering. Get them exposed early. Um, that's one thing we're praying about. Um, obviously, that'd be less kids, so less volunteer needs. Um, but those are just the very immediate thing is the, sh- is the two shifts. Do y'all like that idea, the two shifts? Yeah. So if you can serve, um, Jenna would love for you to talk to her tonight. Um, and if, if you don't, blow up someone's phone that you know that don't serve and just, you know, like convince them. Like go Jezebel on them or something. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Y'all, y'all chill out. Um, but yeah, so that's some things about our kids. Um, I'm, I'm doing pretty good on time, aren't I? Yeah, I sure am. We're going to get in some discussions in a little bit. Um, one opportunity that's coming up uh, that is, this is more so of a concept, and this is going to be some discussion, or maybe more so I want to hear if you're interested. Um, Jackie Tyre and, 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 uh, and Clay Nash from NEI uh, called me, and they were telling me about this thing that Greg Hood, who is another apostle in the NEI um, thing under um, Dutch, they're starting this thing called Kingdom University. Okay, and basically what Kingdom University is, it's, it's one week in a month where you can host any of these people in NEI to do a Friday night, Saturday morning Kingdom teaching session. Okay, so basically what they do is like, I, I, I got a, a little bit of info on what they're going to be teaching, um, for instance, and this starts in January, by the way. 
In January, the session is going to be with, about liberating cities, regions, and nations. February is kingdom alignment and kingdom release. Um, I mean, there's just all uh, prayers that shape cities and, and, and regions and nations. Um, I mean, all kind of great stuff. Uh, now, there is a cost to this. This isn't one of those free things. And I don't like doing cost stuff. But if we're going to do a cost thing, I want to make sure that I'm behind it and it's not way too much. Now, this might be where we get a little hung up on people wanting to do it, um, but this is the cost. It's $125 for, for every month, okay? And you get a Friday night session, Saturday morning session. If you're a couple, it's just $175 for both of you. It's not $125 per, okay? It's $175 for a couple, $125 individuals. Um, and basically the way it'll happen if we agree to be a campus one month we would be online where we would watch it here. The next month the teacher would actually come to the campus and do it live. So it would be one month off, one month on. Um, I know February would be Jackie, and there's even a month that possible we had Dutch Sheets come in here. Um, it, it would bring a lot of exposure to our house getting involved in the NEI movement. A lot of great teaching. I'm behind this teaching 100%. And for me to say that, I, it, it, that's a lot because I don't get behind a lot if I can just be honest with you. But this is stuff that's going to, I believe, take us to a new level in our maturity as a house and as people understanding kingdom principles. Um, I do have brochures in the back on the little foyer table thing. Um, pick up a brochure if you're interested. Um, it's, it's got everything you can, you can think of. It's got all the campuses. And I just want to know, is this something we want to do as a house? Any immediate thoughts, concerns, anything about this, questions? Yeah, you like it? Awesome. We got one thumbs up. Yeah? Well, let me just, I should read this. This is the vision. <clears throat> Our heart is to do just that, <clears throat> is, is to do this at Kingdom University, developing and training leaders and see these leaders become the catalyst of change in the world they live in. Whether you're called to the ministry and the business world and the government or wherever God has planted you, Kingdom University will assist you in shaping a kingdom mindset that will that you will need to tackle your assignments in life, full of the confidence and the faith you needed to be successful in your sphere of influence. Our vision is to equip believers, multiply churches, disciple nations, and impact generations. We articulate this through the foundation of the apostolic and prophetic leadership and by developing a kingdom culture that transforms minds and lives that will translate into practical daily living. Discover your calling, your assignment, your purpose, your identity, and your destiny at Kingdom University. I love that it's practical. I mean, it, did everyone enjoy when Jackie and Clay came in for the prophetic? It'd be that every month. Um, so it, it's pretty good stuff. So pick one of these up and just send me a text, send an email, talk to me afterwards. Just let me know if you're interested. There is a minimum number of people we have to have to make this happen. Now, it's flexible because they're not, you know, like, ah, you got to have They would like to see at least 50 involved. Now, that's not too hard for this house. You know, I, I know we don't see everyone here all the time, but we, we have about 175 or so connected here based off of everything I see online and how we keep contacts and all that kind of thing, all that kind of thing, active people. So if you want to do this, I'm telling you, it'd be something amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not just for this house. This is for anyone that wants to come. A month. And if you want, you can pay the whole year and you get a discount. And I can tell you what that is later on. 
So yeah, 125 a month. Yep, 175 for a couple. <clears throat> okay. I, I'm excited about it. I think it'd be a great opportunity. So yeah. All right. So having said that, we're going to shift a little bit more into the really the focus of the night. I'm doing pretty good. It's 5:45. Might get done early tonight. Has this been good so far? The clarity. See, I don't just say that during sermons. It's just, man, y'all are dry tonight. So one thing that we've been noticing, and I think y'all would agree with this, um, I think one thing that Relentless is doing great right now as a house is no compromise in what we, in what we preach and what we believe in. People stand up for what they believe in, and we're not, we're not getting away from that at all. I think our worship gatherings are great. Always room for improvement. Um, I love that we're finally at a point where different people do call to worship every week and tithe an offering, and it's not just me. Like, we're at the point where all, the only thing I do is preach, which is, I've always wanted that. <laughs> so it's really cool that people are getting involved to make that happen. <coughs> um, with all that, there, and our kids love it, um, with all that, there's one area that we just need to do better in. And that is simply connecting as a family. Because um, we all come here for worship gatherings, and but if you really want to get real about it, as far as connecting on a personal level with everyone in the house, that's not the strongest. Now, everyone loves coming here. Everyone, no one feels like they've been rejected. Everyone always feels welcome. That, you know, we always say welcome home. No one has ever said like everyone, even they don't come back, they always say, I felt so welcome in this house. So we're not talking about in the worship gatherings. We're talking about connecting people outside of the world, really becoming a church family. Not just saying church family because we have family lingo in the worship gatherings. Can we get real about that? I've seen that so many times. Like, hey, join our family, and there's nothing about family. You see them on Sundays, and that's it, right? You might get connected to a small group. But I'm talking about building a family culture where we just love doing stuff together. Like, how far-fetched is that? Now, the first thing I want to talk about is not really the, the main vision I want to share, but it's a thought. Pee-wee and I were actually talking about this last week, because usually Pee-wee, you know, God will speak through him to me, and it'll be a great idea, and, you know, I get credit for it, but really, you know, <laughs> uh, even when we were first talking about Stir, me and, me and Pee-wee were talking about I was frustrated because it was when no, it was when I first realized that no pastors liked me, and I would go into the coffee shop, and it, w it was just the most awkward thing. And then Pee Wee was like, well, "Why don't we just start one instead of you going to all these?" And I was like, "Hmm." And then that became like a two or three week, one month, two month conversation, and then we started actually moving on it because I've I've always thought it would be cool to start a coffee shop. Matter of fact, our first year as a church or second year. Um, we actually got all the furniture from Starbucks downtown donated to us because I knew the baristas there. Um, there are other churches now, but it would be good to have. <laughs> but we've kind of, you know, we, we, I never thought it would actually happen anytime soon. That's, that's how kind of stirred the vision started. But um, we were talking last week, and I love that everyone goes out to dinner on Saturdays for a worship gathering, or a lot of people do. But if you don't, or if you do, it's always the same issue. It's really, really late. Because when you go into like a restaurant, especially in a pandemic with more than five people, it takes like an hour to get seated. 
and then two hours to actually get your food, and then by the time you're done, everyone's laughing at me, falling asleep at the dinner table. It's, it's, it's just really, really bad. So we were talking like, well, you know, what could we do to really have something more open to everyone? And uh, Pee Wee talked about this idea that I thought it was great, but we won't move on it unless we get people that really love it, is what if we just started doing something that churches don't do? You know, churches do the dinner, dinner on the grounds every now and then or, you know, celebrations for different events. But what if we just had food every single Saturday night after the worship gathering? The idea that, like, hey, we come together, we worship God, and then we break bread, much like the Acts church. Um, and I'm not talking about ordering pizza. I'm talking about investing to the place where we get someone that really loves to cook and we do salads, we do chicken, we do pizza, we do burgers, whatever it is, and really have some good quality food. That way, for instance, let's say, um, you know, uh, John Smith is going to take over this idea. Um, I just called it fellowship dinners for right now. Um, they would get a team together where once a month during the sermon, you go cook the food, and by the time I say amen, we fellowship. Let's get even more real. This is going to seem sacrilegious to some, but... Just get over it. A lot of people, and I'm not picking on anyone, like Ryan, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm not kidding, but I am. How many of you, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to ask that, but a lot of people love football. Just being real. And some people rush out as soon as the amen to watch the football game. Well, if we had dinner, why not? Is it really far-fetched just to do family things together? No one's doing this stuff because we, we've, we, we've made this separation of church and state almost in the church. It's like we keep things holy and we keep, why not just do life together? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying make that the draw for people. We don't want to do that. I'm talking about what can we just do to fellowship together where no one ever feels like they're left out or uninvited. And we, we thought, do you want to add anything to this? We thought, hey, let's just, let's just start cooking food. Here, you, you, you want to get the mic? Because this is being recorded. I, I want, yeah. My one concern is I don't want to change opening up more people who only want to serve there. Right. Yeah. And to expand on that, we're moving away from one. Yeah. And, and again, I don't, I don't want this the idea to become like youth group church. You know, but I, this is just simply, hey, we're going to offer food every time. So we ain't got to go find a restaurant that'll house 20 people. And, and if everyone's staying, just do your part and pick up. And I love the idea of coming here. No, no, no. Like no, it's good. I just want to make sure that it's not the same situation. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. I think, yes, and not to make money, it will just be cost of. So, I mean, you're talking instead of a family paying, you know, 75 bucks for a dinner, you're talking, you know, you know 10 or 15 bucks max to get everyone fed. Well, the issue of potluck is, yeah, I think it's better if we just streamline to have a menu that's available. 
um, of any type of cuisine you could think of. We'll have salads for those that don't eat. I mean, what, you know, and just a few things. Um, y'all caught that? But, um, yeah, just something simple, just fellowship, fellowship dinners. Why not, right? Does anyone have a, maybe a, a negative or like a, ah, it, this might cause a problem? Yeah? So I want to hear both sides so we can, because when you hear what might not be good, you can make it better or realize, oh, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, I know a lot of people have to be here. Like, I get here at 2. Um, some people get here as early as 4 and 5. That has a lot to do with it, I think. Um, yeah, something as simple as that. Well, and, and again, it's not for the movie. It's more of a background thing to have something to do while you're eating. The focus of it is just eat. And I'm not, we're not, I, I'm, I'm not even thinking we're going to have movie nights every, I, I'm talking about like, I mean, maybe every once in a while. I'm talking like the focus is that every week, you know, you can be in your car going home by 9 instead of 10, 30, or 11 so that we can all fellowship. And obviously not everyone's got to stay. This is just a, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so that, that's actually one thing we've been talking about too is, and it's kind of a shift, but we were wondering if it would be advantageous to do worship gatherings at five instead of six. Um, the reason being because it gets dark, it's, it's a lot. Um, now, I wouldn't ask the volunteers to get here any earlier for instance, the worship team um, gets here at 4 o'clock. Um, we would just simply, I mean, maybe a 30-minute thing, which shouldn't be too much, but um, we, the worship team meets twice a month now. We should be at a point now where it's like, hey, let's just check the vocals, make sure we're good, and we'll go for it. That's the only disadvantage about 5 o'clock, uh, well, one of the disadvantages about 5. Um, so that's one thing we've talked about. Um, that would be great to hear from y'all. Crystal, you raise your hand. <laughs> so the person that would oversee it, they would either have it catered or cook the chicken and, and make the salad. This would be something that a team that's serving that night, they would take care of it. It's not a potluck. It's not a bring it. We would have it as a very simple menu. Sometimes it could just be, you know, hey, we're going to cater this and this and this and this. So a both end.
While that's switching, I, w- I want to reiterate, if this happens, I would even say intentionally, unless it's like a, a football game that night that's on or something like that, just to have it on. Like, we not even have movies playing and all that because we want to make sure the culture is not we're trying to have a movie night. It's just we're trying to break bread together and get to know each other. I'm happy that tonight's going to be a different Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that's something very real, you know. I mean, there are, there's definitely issues with it. Um, but um it's one of those things where if we want to own it, we'll own every part of it, you know. Any any other thoughts about the food gatherings? So would the food be, you know, different kinds of those you have served? So eventually when that build out's complete, we will have another three thousand square feet to where we, we don't even have to be in here to eat for sure. For right now, we don't have that. Of course, this could be maybe this gets implemented when we have that. Um, you know, that, that could be, you know, I'm not saying I want to start this this weekend. It's more so like, is this something we want to own together to get to? If that means we don't start till February to where we have that entire space, we'll start then. Because um, let's be honest, you know, the time change is going to come, so it's going to get really dark out here. Um, so no one's going to want to be outside. Um, and quite frankly, we're at a point where we don't have any space in the parking lot anymore to use the parking lot. So it's going to be, it's, the, the eating part is going to be inside, unfortunately. So maybe we don't do it until we have that space. That's something to think about. I just want to kind of touch back what Devin said. Obviously, it doesn't have to be every week for everybody. Maybe it's every week for mostly new people to form kind of a relationship, like with us, and say, hey, actually, I'd like this for us to go to dinner to get to know you a little 
Right. <laughs> um, it doesn't allow you to hide. Hmm. So it's considered your learning curve. And if you do it once, twice, once a month, or once or whatever, okay, we did it this week, here's what we learned. Hmm. Like, like you had master events. Right. You know, <laughs> now, I think that's good, um, you know, especially in the beginning, maybe we just do it once a month, and that way, if there are spills for right now, it's one night of everyone can expect this is what we're going to do, because really, I mean, in one sense, it's still going to be the same idea of, like, you're going to get home late if you stay for dinner, it's just not, it's if we get to start eating instead of having to wait, and it, I mean, we'll get home earlier, I, but it's it's a great time for fellowship building together, so I think... It, getting yeah every every you know instead of ten people at a restaurant here, it's just everyone be able to do it together, and I think that is a good point of the starting out maybe once a month. To After you went up to my mom and say, you think the mother of the pastor hit him in the head because he's got a dent right there? good yeah that's right amen melissa yeah so a thought with that um because in my experience church signups are more so for pastors to think they know what they're doing? Because in my, in, my, in my experience, sign-ups don't mean jack squat in a church. <laughs> Mildly joking, but it's true. Um, maybe one thing we could do is, you know, we know that right now we're probably going to have around 100 people, um, and that may grow as far as the, every week. Maybe we just prepare for what we have, and what we don't, 
We can donate to people helping people, or we can donate to, a, you know, hey, maybe there's a family that might need some, some extra whatevers. I mean, and maybe that could be the, maybe we do a sign up once a month, and the learning curve is sign up didn't work. Or maybe we don't do the sign up and find out, no, nah, we need the sign up. Because um, from what I've seen personally is that people are going to come to church and they're not going to want to take the time to sign up for something they're already going to be at. And that's just being very real. It's almost like this, this invisible safeguard that's not really safe. Does that make sense at all? A perfect example. Where's the mic? Yeah. Oh, wait, Joseph first, and then we'll come to you. I'm Sorry. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then Melissa. I was just going to comment on your sign-up sheet. A perfect example is the sign-up sheet we had yesterday. Right. It was useless. No one signed up, but everyone brought food, and we had too much. And we gave it to the, the people, the, the, the workers who were starving because they've been working the event all day. Melissa's got one thing to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and and, and I, I kind of like I, I know you, so I know we were on the same page with that anyways, and that's why I said it because either way the food's not just gonna get tossed. So, so maybe we just try it, see how it goes. The worst that could happen is we stop. Right. And uh, we'll we'll pray about the timing on that. And um, biggest thing is if anyone feels like that's something you want to take on. Um, let me know, because I don't want to do it unless someone wants to really head it up. Um, I've already been thinking about someone that might want to do this, um, but maybe there's more than what I'm thinking of. Um, so, you know, just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> no. This is all, this, the church will take care of all that, and then whatever is bought, we put back into the church. Yep. So, All right, now we're going to get into the meat of what I really want to talk about tonight. Um, thank you, Brandon. You need to have a seat, buddy. And we'll, 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 we'll pass around later. Uh, about four years ago, maybe, maybe five, um, I was living on Wilmington Island, and I, had, uh, I bought this huge whiteboard that's been destroyed by kids over at the Stir area. And um, <laughs> I had it set up in my living room. And... I started drawing this, this vision that I had. Um, that Sunday, Pee Wee and Angela came and visited us at the YMCA. And I had known them before um, because I've, I've known them a long time, just in previous ministries and such. And I, after, after church, I was like, hey, can, can y'all come over to, to, to my uh, apartment? I call, I call it a condo because it technically was a condo, but it makes you feel better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all come over to my condo, and I, I want to show you something. So they came over, and I was showing them this 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 thing, and and the only thing uh, Pee Wee and Angela said was, "You just need to sit and pray on that." And uh, apparently, at the time, um, you know that they, they they were coming a few times, and eventually, you know, they got plugged in and all that kind of thing. But 
I thought it was very interesting that I was going through that at the time that they came. Didn't know they were coming. I didn't, they were, you know, living in like deep Guyton, driving over an hour to the YMCA, and um, <clears throat> so it was kind of a cool, cool day. I also started watching. This was at a time, if you know Francis Chan, which you ladies should. Uh, if you don't, that means you don't go to Thursday night women's gathering. Um, <laughs> um, that's that's not a that's not a dig. Just. Um, and, and trust me, it, you're, you're going to get this by the t- even that dig, you're going to, it's going to make sense. Um, Francis Chan was just kind of starting this transition of coming out of a megachurch pastor um, and rethinking church. Um, and he wrote a book about it and all these kind of things. And I had just started following what he was doing. He started this thing called We Are Church. And when I, I watched the vision video for it, when it was released back then, and it was like exact, almost exactly what I had written down on this whiteboard. It was like a confirmation moment. Um, and basically, he had the revelation that he was leading a church of, I think, eight to 10,000 people. And um, one of his uh, staff members came to him one day and, you know, said, hey, it's time for me to move on. I'm going to do this thing. And Francis was like, hey, well, when you get done, come back. And, and the staff member said, I don't think I'm coming back. And, and he's like, wow, you know, we're a great church. You know, we preach the word. People are getting saved. And. And the staff member just kind of said, well, just being honest with you, like, is, is this really what God wants for the church? And um, Francis kind of looked at him and said, what do you mean? Like, we're baptizing people, and we have small groups, and we have all these things. And he said, yeah, but, like, you know, where's the family? You know, where, where, people are getting lost in, in the megachurch model. And it really started opening my eyes, because that was a time when I was trying to redo, like, the next Elevation Church. I, want, I had in my mind we were going to be the next big mega church thing, and God was like, that's, that's not what, what's for you, Kyle. And I was just kind of starting to get renewed in my mind about what we should be going for. And I started to, it was the first time I was exposed to the, the house church movement. Um, there was a problem that I saw with the house church movement. I, I love house churches. But the issue that I saw for what God was showing me was that they're still segregated from the rest of the church. Um, there, there's Because I've been to house churches in the area. Um, some of you may know uh, Jason Lee Jones, if you, you ever heard of him. He's a worship leader. He used to be at a part of a house church in Richmond Hill, and I'd go to it, and there'd be probably 25, 30 people in a home, and it was the most free worship, prayer. You know, can you imagine where, like, everyone's praying? You know, like, and, even, like, and I'm not picking on you, but just let's talk for a minute. Even earlier, I said, hey, let's all pray together out loud. Lasted about 10 seconds. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that to put anyone down. It's just that's, this kind of environment is what that creates. Um, that's just, what, how, this is how it is. You can't get away from it. Because we're in this pastor, congregation. no matter how much we talk we want to get out of it, that's just a dynamic that's hard to get out of in this type of environment. When you're in an environment like that, it's amazing to see what's in people. And um, the past few years, we've been having the Iowans home campus. Just in this past six months, what's happening at the Iowans home campus is starting to line up with what I had the vision for a long time ago. I'll give you an example like what happened last week. We've moved on the islands home. I know a lot. Who's islands home campus in here? We got one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, so seven people. We usually have anywhere from 12 to sometimes 20 people at islands home campus. What we've shifted in is 
Um, we come together at 7 o'clock. But it's, everyone knows at 6.30 we had dinner served. For a while, people were bringing food. Now it's become more like we'll have pizza or something. If you want to eat, you eat. And at 7 o'clock, no matter if you finish or not, we move into the living room. And I've got a piano set up in there. It's actually set up full time now. And we worship for just, just probably about 20 minutes. And it's very free, very free-flowing. And at the end of worship, I open up for prayer. And after about probably 10 minutes, every single person is lifting up prayers. Prayers for healing, prayers for salvation, prayers over the house. Um, I mean, it, just everyone praying. And when I mean everyone, I mean everyone. And it's, and it's not, you know, ducks in a row. It's everyone just one at a time. It's like boom, 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 boom. After that, we move into the message. I give some announcements, and we talk about the message that I preached in the following weekend. We break up. And it's been so cool seeing the culture built out of that because, uh, was it Labor Day was the last holiday? Um, the home campus just said, hey, let's get together and, you know, like have a crab boil and, you know, the 20 of us were there plus more, and we were all just cooking and, and eating and fellowshipping, and I'm, I was just sitting back, um, and people were making jokes about it. Cause oh, you just sit there, Kyle. You don't, you don't do a thing, and because uh, that's what I do best. And I was, just, I was just sitting there, but I was just kind of looking and watching. I'm like, this is church. Like, we're growing together in faith, and we're, like, living as family. That's, that's church. That is, that is the idea. And even at some point, we started talking about what God was doing in our personal lives and vision for the house. And So having said that, um, in this idea of connecting as church family, I believe it's time that we start moving into house gatherings. Now, I want to really explain what the idea of house gatherings is to you because I want to cast vision for this right. And one thing I don't want to do, I don't want to try to start this next week I don't want to try to start this next month. I want to cast vision for this so we build the right leadership for it so that when we launch it, it's done right. Okay? Um, <clears throat> why house gatherings? <clears throat> and I, I've, I've spent some time on this, so I'm just going to read most of it. <clears throat> People tend to come to church for a reason. Usually they're looking for a good sermon to encourage them, <clears throat> good worship experience, or a nice time in the presence of God. But people also have reasons they stay in the house when they are needed and when they're known. House gatherings are designed to help in getting people, letting people be known and learning to know why they're needed. They're the place where their church grows together in fellowship and each and every individual is equipped in their gift and matured in their calling that God has on their life. The concept of true fellowship has been diluted in the church to simply getting together and sharing a meal and having fun. But fellowship is more. Fellowship is being part of a group or body of people opposed to isolation, loneliness, and independent individualism. It's sharing interests, goals, feelings, beliefs, activities, labor, privileges, responsibilities, experiences, concerns. It's a partnership that involves working together and caring for one another as members of a family or a company of soldiers. Obviously, I looked up what the original meaning of fellowship was in the Bible partnering together to obtain an objective, communicating burdens, praises, building each other up, stewarding and managing together in financial and overall needs. House gatherings create a place where people can become a part of a true fellowship and community of believers where we're pursuing God together. 
Why house gatherings? Well, it's biblical. In Exodus 18, <clears throat> Moses was doing all the work for the people by himself, and he was burning himself out. He was the judge, the counselor. He was everything for the entire group of people. Well, <clears throat> I've talked about this many times, but Moses' father-in-law gave him some advice. The way to meet needs is to delegate authority and divide the ministry so the needs will be cared for in smaller groups. He tells Moses to appoint leaders of 10, 50, 100, and 1,000. A healthy house is one where leadership is delegated so that the people are not depending on one person. We've talked about this a lot. We don't want this to be a culture where everyone's coming to hear Kyle preach a message. That's the wrong thing we're trying. Now, I know that a lot of people have come because there's truth being told and it's taught in a specific way. We get all that. But that should not be the only thing that's a driving factor of coming together, right? It shouldn't be good music. It shouldn't just be a good sermon. There's got to be more for us to actually grow together. Rather, learning to grow together in groups of people so that all the needs of the people are satisfied and not forgotten. Even in Acts, we see the church growing from a group of 120 people to some 100,000 people in just 25 years in Jerusalem. If you read through the scriptures in Acts, they went from adding daily to multiplying daily over a 25-year period. When you have a house that large, you got to put everyone somewhere. Even right now, people get lost in translation. There are people here, I mean, let's just get real. We have men's and women's on Thursdays. We just kind of took the dig at that. Um, we have Islands Home Campus on Tuesdays. We have um, uh, Girls Gifts in God. We have Prophetic Intercession Night. We have all these things, and, and, and there's just... It's like you got to pick and choose, and just to be honest with you, if we really took everyone involved in those things, it's probably only about 20% of the people in the house, if you want to get real about it. You know, we'll have about 10 men, 10 women, and they usually hop between everything. Um, that's not good. If you want to get real about it, if we're going to gauge growth, it, if a healthy house is not how many people you have on Saturday nights. It's how many people are connected and family growing together in discipleship. That's really how we need to gauge the health of this house. Well, they put everyone somewhere. And Acts 5.42 tells us they met together in temple courts and from house to house. So what do you think this is? The temple courts. What we're missing, house to house. Acts 2.42 tells us that believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and sharing meals and communion and prayer. So what we see is the need for two meetings, a worship gathering and a house gathering. The house gathering is where every single person in this house gets placed somewhere so that no one's forgotten, lost, and needs are met. That's the, that's the vision for the house gathering. Now, in order to do this, I want, I want to cast some vision for what this would take. We would have to have two things happening in every house. Number one is, well, two things are a host, a house host, and the second thing will be a house pastor. Now, before I get into explaining what that is, um, so we talked about how in leadership we have, right, right now, Marty and Michael are pastors of the house. So as we develop house pastors, do you think house pastors um, communicate the needs of the house gathering to me or to Marty and Michael? Marty and Michael. Because what we're going to develop is imagine, we, we, let's say we have about 150 to 175 people in this house. Imagine if every single one was connected in a house gathering of no more than 10 to 12 people. 
very intentional. We don't want 20 people. We, 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 we would say if you're getting past 10, it's time to split up into two. Because what we want is intentional, intimate, really getting to know each other type of house gathering. Because we don't want 15 people where two people talk the entire time. You want a small gathering where everyone feels like, hey, I'm connecting with this small group of people, and I can really share, hey, guys, you know, this is going on with my family, and I need some prayer. And instead of saying we're going to pray about it, we're going to stop the house gathering right there, and those eight people are praying together. Or getting to a place of transparency where I can't even pay my bills this month. So the house pastor communicates to Michael and Marty who have talked to maybe five or six house pastors and maybe one stands out and they say, hey, Kyle, this family needs a, their rent paid this month. Do you, do you see the delegation? It's making sure that somehow I find out every single person's need in this house, but it's communicated through many different delegated areas. Is that making sense? Is this is exciting to you? Okay. Um, so the two positions are, one, we would need a house host. A house host is simply um, responsible for two things, making sure you set up a great environment, you got music playing at a certain time, and you're making sure food's there. Right now, even that's how Island's Home Campus is. I'm pretty much the house pastor, and we have a house host. Her name's Austin. She makes sure that music's playing, that, you, that little foyer area in the front with the connect cards. and the, We have that set up when you walk into the home. And, and she takes care of making sure music's playing, food's ready to go, everything's set up. I, we, we literally walk in, and we don't have to do a thing. So you have a house host. Who, that doesn't mean that necessarily they even provide the meal every night. They just make sure it's taken care of. So maybe the house host is scheduling. Hey, who wants to do meals next week? That's the house host. Making sure that your house is clean. Okay, And then you got a house pastor. The house pastor is responsible for flowing the gatherings with a model that we're going to come up with so that every house gathering flows the same so we're unified. And the house pastor is making sure that people's needs are met, people being prayed for, literally just pastoring. You don't have to, you don't have to be responsible for teaching new stuff necessarily. It's just you're responsible for flowing what we're going to do together. My idea at first... And again, we're going to open up some Q&A, but it really stands out to me in Acts 2 that says they were devoted to the apostles' teachings. So as the lead pastor of the house, if I'm feeling right now we're in days of Elijah, don't think that you're getting everything from a sermon in an hour on Saturday nights. I can tell you one thing I've learned about Island's home campus is stuff's brought out that wasn't even included in my message. Because everyone is kind of like, you get the meat on Saturdays, and now you go to your house gathering to start chewing on it together. You know, the Bible actually says regurgitate it and chew on it again. That's, I'm serious. That's the regurgitation process. It's let's talk about what's going on. Let's understand this more. Well, what do you mean about spirits and agreements in my mind? And you really find out, did they get it or did they not? Because in that group of eight, if someone didn't get it, by the time they leave house gathering that night, guess what? They're going to get it. So that's the house pastor's responsibility. And I've met with quite a few people talking about things like this over the past few months, past few years. So this is, this is not just thrown out there. This is years of 
research and development, if you will. But I'm still willing to say maybe I got something wrong because I don't want to move on anything until we hear everyone, okay? And I actually do mean that, okay? Um, so house gatherings. Um, so the leadership structure for right now will be simply like this. The lead pastor, I cast vision for the house gatherings, which I'm doing now. Train up pastors on how to pastor house pastors. Everyone needs a pastor, right? Then train house pastors on how to pastor the gatherings and train the house hosts on how to host the gatherings. So before we ever launch this, I'm going to train every single position to make it happen. So there's no questions. You're successful in doing it and making sure that it's the same culture. Not necessarily the same conversations. That's not going to happen. But the same flow, same culture, same idea. Then you have pastors. They keep the house pastors accountable. So right now, this is who? Marty Michael. They pastor the house pastors and hosts, so they find out, do you need prayer for anything? Do you, needs? do you have any needs? Are you finding that it's hard for you to, to, to get through the gathering? Let us know. How can we resource you? They communicate and organize the info for the house gatherings and report needs and concerns to me. Okay? House hosts, they set the welcoming atmosphere. They organize the dinners. They identify hosts for new house gatherings. Um, report needs, concerns to the house pastor. And the house pastors, they maintain the flow of house gatherings. They provide pastoral care. You know, you don't have to have a credential to be a pastor. Your credentials are going to be, we're going to lay hands on you and say you're ready. Just being real. A pastor is simply someone who cares for people. Simple as that. You care for people. You understand scripture. You're living it out. Don't, don't come to me saying you want to pastor a house when you're blatantly not you know, living it, right? That we're taking this very serious. Like, they identify potential pastors for new house gatherings. You see, the goal, if you're pastoring a group of eight and you get to the place where you're getting 10 and 12 people, it's kind of like Elijah had an Elisha. You're going to look for who in here can really lead another one when it's time to split. So when it's time to split, it's not... Hey, Kyle or Michael, Marty, we need another, another host. It's you've been raising up someone. You're getting them to lead a little bit. You're teaching them. You're taking them to the side and say, hey, you did really good, but do this better next time. So that when it's time to split, you're literally raising up disciples. Is this making sense? <clears throat> so the culture will simply, what, again, this is just casting vision. This may change depending on what we're talking about. But basically, we want, we want all of our house gatherings to maintain the same kind of a flow so that we're all unified. So day of the week, Monday through Friday, any day, not a weekend. Got to be Monday through Friday, okay? The day is decided by the house gathering hosts and pastors based off of who's coming to their groups. They'll use wisdom there. Time, you meet from 6 to 8 on a weeknight. And when I say 6 to 8, I don't mean Holy Spirit led us to 10. Okay. <laughs> if you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you past eight, it's going to be you give the people the option to leave and people to stay. Because it's a weeknight. You got to honor people got kids. People got bedtimes. People got schools. People got work. Some people got work. You know, like, we got to honor those things because these are weeknights. Okay. So when it says we start at six, it means you start at six. And if people are late, you start when you're supposed to start. 
So that's why 6 to 6.30, and we're going to get to that in a minute, that's like a dinner time, welcome time, and at 6.30, it's time to start. Even if there's only one person there, we've got to get in our minds that that one person is worth the entire night, right? Um, child care will be optional and decided on by the house gathering. <clears throat> you can pay for child care, find a volunteer, include kids in the gathering. It's up, completely up to that house gathering. And length of the meeting, uh, I just went through that, but the goal of a house gathering is 10 to 12 people in a meeting, and we want to gauge growth by healthy house gatherings. Um, so maybe seeing house gatherings multiply to two in a matter of six to 12 months because we're continually getting plugged, people plugged into these house gatherings. Now, obviously, we're not trying to say you have to do that. If you never grow, you never grow. But don't, it's, it's not just about getting people plugged in necessarily that come here. Maybe you want to win your neighborhood. I mean, can you imagine if, like, in, in three years, starting in your home, everyone in your neighborhood was a house gathering? That's transforming an area. And you got equipped and empowered by starting in this small one hosted by Relentless. Like, it's not far-fetched. We just got to do it. Wouldn't it be awesome to know that, like, every night of the week, every house where you live is uplifting the name of Jesus? Why not? So that's the flow. 6 to 6.30, welcome, open, dinner, serve, fellowship, 6.30, worship and prayer, 7.15, might have some announcements and, you know, talk about tithing if you want to. 7.20, you have a discussion and teaching. lasts about 40 minutes and being in, in praying. And again, you're finding out, you, listen, when you're doing house gatherings, when you're discussing stuff in the sermon, people always bring up a personal anecdote. Say, I've been going through this. And then you minister to it right there. We always talk about empowering the people, see pe seeing people come alive in Christ. This is how it's going to happen. This has been, I believe this has been the missing element to this house, and we haven't been ready for it, but I believe we're ready for it. So that's a very broad idea of house gatherings. I would love to open up the floor to Q&A, discussions, what you think about that, really anything and everything. I really want to hear from you because I believe this is something very strategic for this house. Um, while you're getting it there, I will even go this far. I believe there will be a day when the government will not allow us to meet corporately. I don't want to respond to that. I want to be ready for it. Okay. Thank you, Jesus, and amen. <laughs> All right. All right, thank you. That's good. <laughs> we'll start with, the, the, with this. Let's, how, if, if you love this idea, just shout amen. amen. All, right. All right, now, if you got some, I don't know about this or I don't know about that, let's talk. Go for it. Not at all. That can definitely happen. Yep. So is this going to take over like Thursday night, you know, women's and men's Bible study, or is this going to be something in addition to kids? That's a great question. So our current models, we have all this stuff. If we go to this, there won't be any competition to house gatherings. 
So men's and women's group on Thursdays will be gone. Girls' gifts and God will be gone. I've already talked to Crystal. She's totally on board with it. Um, I mean, every, there would be no competition with it. Now, having said that, we will have times where if the women of the church want to get together for a women's event, yes. Maybe the, maybe the women want to do it once a month or once every other month. Maybe the men want to, hey, we're, we're just going to meet up, you know, and we're going to go go-karting or something, you know, or just, you know, play disc golf or, you know, what, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, you know, go read a poem in the park. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no SCAD students in here. Um, <laughs> but, but, yes, we can have times for men's and women's events, um, but it will be more so spread out rather than every week thing. The, the two commitments per week is just your house gathering and your worship gathering. That's it. And for right now, until the Lord leads us, um, we're going to keep our Sunday Sabbath for the entire house. Because just being honest, we don't have enough volunteers to make Saturdays happen right now. Just being real. Sundays. We're not going to go to Sundays for a while. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So him and then him. So I've thought about that. I, the, the short answer, I don't know the answer to that. I have some ideas. First of all, no one's going to be placed in a house. This will be based off of where you want to go. Most people will probably do it based off of location. Maybe not. Um, so, someone wise said this. Um, I'm not sure if I heard it through a podcast or someone said it to me, but I thought it was so much wisdom. They said, um, especially for first-time guests in your church, they said, uh, create as many first-time opportunities as you possibly can. So, for instance, um, some of you may know um, Church of the Highlands. Um, they started this ARC ministry where they start churches, and they do small groups. And the way they do their small group program, and again, house gathering is not going to be a small group. Small groups are never going to be in that language. The difference is that we're trying to build family, not trying to just have a small group program. Very intentional difference, okay? Now, one thing he said that I thought was great they do their small groups in three-month semesters. So maybe you take two or three weeks off or a month off. That way, when it's time to get re-engaged, if you want to switch your group, switch your group. And, and that way, if people don't feel like they're coming into something already established if they're a first-time guest. I don't know if that's the answer. Some people have said we should just do it every week and let people do what they want. I don't know the answers to all that yet, to be honest with you. Um, that's kind of why I'm wanting this feedback. I don't know if every week's too much. Personally, when I read the scriptures and they didn't have a break, I feel like we need to get back there, personally. Um, if you don't have a passion to get connected, that should reveal something about where you are in your heart. Just, just being real. And I'm not trying to hurt people, but I want people to grow, not stay where they're at. Um, so in my initial thinking, it's every week and just continually pushing here, like, hey, you can get involved in any house gathering. If you want to go to multiple ones, if you want to switch, we don't care. Just get involved in the house gathering. I don't want to make it a program where, well, you are here and you can't go there. Just go wherever you want. That's my initial thought. So...
you know, I haven't even thought about that. Um, initially, I would think that that's something that the house hosts and house pastors would have to really be keep your eyes on this and maybe even telling the host, like, try to keep it the two rooms in your house more so, like kitchen and living room and, you, you know, that's it. If people wander off, you need to follow them. <laughs> like, people have no business wandering off unless they're going to their car. So that could, but see, that's very simple. Like, if, you're, if the house pastor's teaching and someone, if they're not going to the bathroom, they wander off, house hosts figure out what's going on. All eyes everywhere. Um, I think, yeah. Just one thing to just be put out there. If anybody is hosting or anything and you have pets, I think you need to let them know that because there are people with allergies. Yeah. And that can all be on the, uh, um, you know, maybe that's a qualification of hosts and all that and letting people know, hey, there's a cat here, there's a dog here. All that can be put on the um, information for sure. So the answer to that is that it should always be multiplying and splitting up. Because the, the beauty of it, you're splitting up because you're continuing raising up new hosts, new pastors, and you're keeping it small. But family dinners help in everyone still coming together. Uh, men's and women's gatherings still help in everyone coming together. I think, and, and I think the word click has become too much of a scary word in church. Um, it's not bad that if, if seven people connect and they're going with God, what's wrong with that? You know, Cause the, because it's only a click if you never welcome anyone into it. So let's say that, you know, I, like I'm, I'm with these four over here and we never grow past these five. That doesn't mean no one can come into our group. Simple as that. It's not a click. It's not closed off. That makes sense? Uh, I think someone back here first, yeah. I don't, I don't see why not, but the only issue is that all the host is doing is preparing the home. Now, if it needs to be, I don't have time to organize the food and stuff, then we can place a host in the home. So it was just, a, I want to open up my home, but I need someone to schedule this and schedule that. Absolutely. There's nothing off limits here as far as the way we do it. Because you, you need three things, a pastor, a host, and a home. Most of the hosts are going to have their home, but you know, if you want to open up your home, but you don't have time to host because you get home at the time to get there, we can put a host there. I, I mean, because let's be honest, there may be some people that are great hosts, great hosts who don't have a home. So, absolutely. Yeah, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Lynn, after that. After you. Yeah. So basically, I'll, I'll starting out with sermon discussions. I, I've tried to figure out do we want to do Bible studies or sermon discussions. Um, I feel like for right now, I want to stick to just sermon discussions. And again, like the learning curve we talked about, maybe we find out we don't need to stick to that. Maybe we need to, hey, maybe some groups need to um, have their own ability to go there. 
However, it sticks out to me about the apostles' teachings, like they devoted themselves to the teachings. I feel like we all need to be devoted to one thing so we're all in the same understanding. So having said that, um, what I've been doing now with Island's Host Campus and Men's Group, I write a sermon discussion guide every week. And it's, it's basically, this is the point we discuss, here's a question to start conversation. And then it has notes for the leader, this is what I discussed in the sermon, this is the scripture. So literally, you have the template to go off of where um, it'll be online available for you or sent to your email. That way it prepares you for the, for the deal. And if you miss church, listen to the sermon on the podcast and you can look at the study guide. So, And on top of that, you know, I know that some people see Bible studies that are awesome, like the, that Francis Chan thing the ladies have been doing. Instead of doing that in house gatherings, it may just be a, the women or the men are going to have an event, and we're going to talk about this book, you know, and, or, and have someone teach it, you know, or watch the video. We, we can still have other things, but on the week to week, I think we just need to be more focused on this. So... That'll all be on host pastors and house hosts. So let's say that, uh, first of all, there's never, there's never a such thing as full, you can't come. So let's say that you're in Savannah, and the first night you've got 15 people, okay? Um, I've got a, Marty and Michael are going to tell me, hey, you know, um, Lynn told us that we had 20 people at the house gathering. So I'm going to say, all right, keep track over the next two months, see what happens. It might decline, might, and will kind of, okay, well, who in there can be another house pastor? Are we ready? Are we not? Um, can we raise up someone else? Let them know, hey, y'all, our Savannah campus is growing, or Savannah house gathering is growing. We need another house pastor so we can split it. That's kind of how we'll handle those things. Is this something that everyone wants to embrace? Because I, I, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. I, I, Right now, and this goes back to kind of what Heather was asking, we gauge, we gauge the health of our church based off these worship gatherings. I feel like that's upside down. We've got to gauge the health by who's involved in house gatherings. So my goal is like 80% of this house in house gatherings. So when I say, do, are we going to embrace it, I really am asking, are we going to embrace it? Okay. Thank you for that. And, and that brings up a point. Even Island's home campus will not, will not be an Island's home campus anymore. That will turn into a house gathering on the island. And we'll get a house host and a house pastor. And, and if anyone's wondering, I'm probably going to hop around at all of them and never tell you which one I'm coming to. Because, again, this is also about empowering you. We've got to get out of this mindset. We want to hear Pastor Kyle talk. Well, that's, that's honorable, and I appreciate that, but that's not what we want to build. Because guess what? Like, something could happen to me tomorrow. And if the church failed because I got in a car wreck, then we have not accomplished seeing people come alive in Christ. Just being real. 
No, 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 it's okay. Awesome. Yeah, uh, while you're passing to her, Jenna actually, the, the way she receives the message every week, Jenna goes to Highlands on campus, actually. Very cool. Sweet. Well, <clears throat> I, I know it's quiet in here right now, and people are talking, but I'm really excited about this. I, I really feel like this is it's something that we've been talking about for a long time, and this has not been right, but it's, it's right. Uh, y'all, do you, do you, like, you just feel it, like it's time. Um, yeah, you, you got something? You're in? Your house is in? And so one, one thing that I'm going to ask after tonight is uh, whether it be text or email, if, if you're interested in pastoring or hosting, just let me know, and we're going to start those conversations and trainings. Um, and, and you have to, I want everyone to be clear on this, if, if I feel like you're not ready to pastor yet, pay attention to the word Yet. It doesn't mean I'm going to say no forever, but if you're not ready right now, I'm asking you to trust me to get you ready or tell you this is not your call. And that's not to put you down. That's, I don't want to hinder your destiny either by you. It's like people who can't sing that try to sing on a worship team. It's like, listen, that's not your predestined purpose, right? Same kind of idea. So no, no one on this team, no one on this team. We'll make sure we're clear on that. Yeah, no, 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 no. We've, we've got a great flipping worship team. What you talking about? It was awesome. Um, except for the keyboard player. Thanks, Chip. Any, any other thoughts, comments, ideas, concerns? Yeah, and that's part of people picking, too. Like, hey, we don't have child care. Um, but... And are you okay with kids being in there? You know, it's, it's all that kind of thing. So this is re- really all up to the people hosting, and then we promote what you're able to do. Jacob's got something. Oh, oh no, Mr. John's got something first, and then Jacob. I agree with this lady right here that talks about how you know, how everybody kind of gets in on their fellowship. Everybody, everybody comments. You're more free to comment. I've been in a couple house churches, and I like what you said about um, it's a preparation just can't one day do away with this like this. But there's also another preparation. I lived 10 years communally. I first got saved the first 10 years of my Christian life, I lived communally. And um, uh, it should be a precursor as a preacher. I mean, the reason 
You, you never know what, what could happen, like just being real. <laughs> We're actually going to become a cult, y'all. So, <laughs> just kidding. Jake, uh, Jacob's got something. Yeah, so... I, as far as time frame, I don't know. I don't know when, but I know the 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 the, um, the dynamic and how to figure that out. So let's say only four people want to host. We're going to start once those four people are trained, and if everyone gets in four and we have thirty people each one, th- th- then we 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 got to start splitting it up. So that puts it on the house pastor to you got to identify, right? Um, I I'm not trying to. I, I don't want to kill the vision, and I don't, I don't want to um, speak against what's going on. I don't expect everyone in this house to plug in immediately, just being real. Um, so I feel like if this is God's timing, who we have to start is going to be what we need to start with. But we're not going to start until every single one is trained and able to do it. And that may be, hey, I want you to lead Island's home campus in two weeks. Because we're going to continue doing what we're... I want to make sure we're clear. Men's and women's gatherings, girls' gifts in God, Island's home campus, prophetic intercession. We're going to do all those things until we're ready to launch. But my, my, my overall goal with prophetic intercession nights on, on first and third Tuesdays is eventually just get to a place where we're so connecting in the house gatherings that if you've got a, a, a prophetic thing that comes out, it comes out naturally rather than having to meet to do it. So when I say no competition, I really mean no competition. Um, and, you, and then, you know, first fruits gatherings, there's a conversation with that. Do we keep doing those, or, you know, or do, do we not? Do we just, you know, there's a lot of conversation with that. I'm thinking we might still do those. Um, but that's going to be more of a conversation probably once we get in closer to the process. Yeah. You're also doing the training in the process of that, and then when you say, "Okay, we've got an idea of how it's going to look, and our people are ready," and that actually is what training is going to be. It's literally going to be taking the hosts and the pastors, and literally we're going to do house gatherings until you get the culture without me being there. And eventually, that will be given like to the pastors, and the house pastors are going to be able to train up new house pastors. I mean, literally, we're, do you realize how close this is to what God did through Jethro with Moses and then in Acts? I mean, it's, it's, it's a biblical model. That, that's what pumps me up is that every time we make a move in this house, especially in this past three years, it's getting closer and closer to... Um, so Hosanna Church meets here on Sunday mornings, um, and they had their two-year anniversary, um, and uh, it was a three-hour church service today, so no one complained about my messages. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, uh, 
one thing that the, the guy that was preaching, and I know him, he was preaching about how throughout the Bible from the ark all the way to even um, talking about building um, upon this rock and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, God gave every single person a pattern to, fall, to follow. And I think where the church is at now is we have so many people that don't even know what the pattern is, and I love that we're embracing the pattern that God gave us. So... We're going to start with texting emails to me. Let me know who wants to host, who wants to pastor. If you tell me in person, that does not count. I want a text or I want an email. Does everyone understand that? Because um, yeah, I've got to have a paper trail. You know, I, I, got, I got memory problems, y'all. PastorKyleGarrison at gmail.com. Or you can go online and... It says contact at Relentless Church. You can email that too, either way. Pastor Kyle Garrison at Gmail. Yeah. Gmail. Gmail. Like Google. Go I'm sorry. G. I, I, yeah. Gmail. So y'all are, are, are loving this idea? Awesome. And I, again, I, and I'm going to cast this for more and more, but I really want to keep no more than eight, ten people in the house gathering. You know what that saves? People not thinking, oh, I can start my own church. Now, having said that, if you find people that have a heart to start a church, we want to embrace that and get them ready to do it. But it's a lot easier to express that with eight people rather than coming up after a worship gathering, hey, Pastor Kyle, I want to start a church. Most people will not do that. I mean, I, we're going to find out what people want to do, what God's put on their heart um, we're going to find out what people's understanding are. We're going to find out, you know, if, if there's single parents or we're going to find out if people have addictions and, you know, who, who needs a recovery program when you got a house gathering? And true accountability with the people of God. I, I'm, I'm, belie I'm believing that we're going to come together on worship gatherings on Saturdays and it's going to become testimonies of what's happening in the house gatherings. Because think about it. You come to a worship gathering, and people, I, I get this all the time. I wish you'd do more altar calls, and whenever we're going to see people being healed. What, my long-term vision is someone's going to be able to come here on Saturday night and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I, I lead the so-and-so house gathering. Let me tell you what happened. We saw someone's leg grow back Thursday night. Amen. It takes away from it has to be here and puts it in the reality of it's wherever God wants to do it. Someone got saved at house gathering because they didn't want to come to Saturday nights, but they've been coming to the house gathering for six weeks in a row, and this is them. They're here for the first time because now they're ready and they want to plug in because they've met Jesus in house gatherings. That's the vision. It's turning this whole idea of church upside down back to exactly how it was supposed to be. So, amen. Well, that's, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, so again, text, email if you want to do those things. But really quick before we close, anybody have anything else on, on your heart that you want to ask or want to share? Uh, anything about uh, church, testimony, praise, anything really, concerns, anything that we have in us? I think Nancy's got something. It, Mike, microphone.
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with that, it could just be, if, even if we had like a once a month men's get together or once every other month, whatever it's got to be, I don't want to take those out completely for sure. I agree with you. Sure. Well, let's just stop, stop right here and let's just do that. Any, anyone close to her, can y'all just put your hands on her shoulders? And um, I'm going to lead in prayer, but anyone can pray out loud with me during this process. It's, it's Kate, right? Lord, I just thank you so much for Kate's boldness and just asking for this family um, of believers to pray over what's going on with her and her husband. Um, I pray right now, God, that as he is in the rehab process, that the scales would fall off of his eyes and he would start to see what truth is, that that addiction would fall off quicker than usual, like unusual breakthrough from that addiction, and that as he goes through this process, God, that he would see you and that he would see who he is in you and can be in you and that you would just work your way to put the right people in his path to start leading him into what his destiny is in you. That, and, and when that, 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 that Kate and her husband can start to come back together, that they would be stronger than ever, that their story of what was, that, that they're going to be better than ever. True restoration, you tell us, God, is you don't get restored back to the place where you were, but you get restored past where you were. So I just speak that this marriage is going to be strengthened. She is going to be strengthened. He is going to be strengthened. God, provide what needs to be provided in her, for her and her kids in this time of her husband being away. God, just cover this family. We're believing for unbelievable breakthrough. And we, I'm just going to proclaim and, and I believe that one day her husband's going to grab this mic and give us a powerful testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Amen. I love this house. Yeah. So I've got my daughter's father-in-law gone through, took out uh, cancer somewhere in science or something. And they just told him that it's passed. Hmm. Keith? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it again. <laughs> Lord, we just speak the cancer away in, in Keith, that you would restore the nasal passages, that you would just place his, his, your hand on him. And I don't know if it's going to be quick or it's going to be a process, if you need to do it supernaturally or through the doctors, but whatever needs to happen, free him up, God. And no matter what happens, give us understanding. Let us know what's you. Let us know what is not of you so that you're not blamed for bad things, that nothing's put on you, God, that you would be glorified in this entire process. Cover that man. I'm not sure where he's at in his walk with you, God, but show yourself to him like never before and that he would just receive you, God. We speak healing and restoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes.
from this church is hardly not, not the most ancient of Yeah, I want to pray right now into that, and also, can I make mention a little bit about what you and I discussed earlier about the needs? Yeah, yeah. can I mention that? Okay. Um, the, uh, basically, I mean, this literally happened last night. From what I understand, uh, they didn't. They didn't really. Well, they might say they didn't have church. They did have church, but they just came together and prayed for their pastor today. Um, they, they canceled services and just said, come, we're going to pray for Pastor Stewart. Um, eventually, we're going to figure out what they may need. Um, I can't imagine what that pastor's going through. Um, so uh, basically, we've put ourselves out there and said, whatever they need, well, I don't know if it's going to be a financial thing. I don't know if it's going um, to be to help support in ministry needs. I don't, I don't know what it is, nor care. I just say, I want to put out that we're going to be there for that church. Amen. I don't care what denomination it is. They love Jesus, and we love them. Um, so I just want to put that out there. If, you, if we find out what that need is, we're going to make that known. But let's just pray. I mean, there's so many areas to pray into this for the church, for Pastor Stewart. I can't imagine what he's going through. Um, thank God that baby's with Jesus. So, Lord, we, this house right now just covers Pastor Stewart from Southside Baptist Church in prayer. We lift him up to you, God. I can't imagine what emotions or feelings he's going through. But I, I would just ask God that you would, if the enemy is going to try to put blame on him and put regret in him and depression in him, so I just right now in the name of Jesus, every, every, every single spirit that is whispering in his ear, we just speak to you and say, you do not have permission to speak to that man of God. And I ask God that you would just get extra covering over him. Let him know how much you love him, how much you approve of him, God. Let, let, let that family know that you're there for them, God. I pray um, for, for everyone that's mourning the loss of that 18-month-old girl. Give them a ridiculous amount of peace where they won't understand why they have it, God. I pray for the church that they learn how to step up and cover their pastor that Holy Spirit revealed things to them that they had no way of knowing for the purpose of building their body up. God, if anything, I would just say in, in this time, let the people of Southside Baptist step up and lead in a way they've never been empowered to lead before. And that when Pastor Stewart comes back ready to lead, it'll be a stronger church, that you would take a, a bad circumstance and make it work for good. We speak all these things in Jesus' name. Oh, one more thing. God, I pray that the grandparents in Israel bring them home. In Jesus' name. Amen. The son.
Yeah. We'll, we'll do whatever we can for sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anybody else got anything at 701? I want to try to honor time as much as we can. Right. So what what we did um, in the prior years, we don't do a festival um, for a few reasons. One, um, usually in churches, whether you call them trunk or treat or fall festival, they always have the same connotation. But what we've been doing is a fall party where we set up tables in here and we just come together and break bread together. And we usually put some moon some, uh, some bounce houses out. I'll, I'll call them moon bounces for some reason. Bounce houses out there, and we just let the kids have fun out there. But we usually do that in the beginning of, of beginning of November, um, and just break bread together and have fun. Um, having said that, you know, every everyone knows what I've preached about, you know, the pagan holidays and stuff. But just being real, you know, if if if, if you're missing a hayride, get some people you don't know and go to a hayride. Because one thing we said was, you know, even if we embraced the pagan holidays, there's a there's a fall festival in every corner. You know what I'm saying? So, unfortunately, we don't do one, but we do have a fall party. And if you want to, you know, for real, if there's a hayride, that'd be a great relationship building time. Like, just being, I'm, I'm being real. Do what? Take your Zyrtec? <laughs> we, we, we used to do them a lot. We had great turnouts, but we haven't done them in a few years for the purposes of trying to really kind of get out of that. So, but we do the fall party. So, the, I hope that came off okay. That came off. That came off okay. Yeah, there you go. Hey, yeah, everyone is. Is anyone on the online group? You should have got the invitation. Get on there. That's the place to post it. Fall party. Fall party. Yeah.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that would be, I, I know we got to end, but th- that is something that I wanted to mention that I completely forgot about. Um, and just being real, so <laughs> we did a leadership training one time, and I taught on something that Brian Houston from Hillsong Church taught on, and it was just simply uh, clean up the poop stain. <laughs> and basically what it was was there's so many times when you go in a bathroom and you see the poop stain, and, and you think, well, the janitor will get it, right? Because no one wants to reach in there and take care of it. But really and truthfully, and I'm not talking literal here, because hopefully, you know, if you do that, you take care of yourself. You know, just look behind you. But, <laughs> but in a, in a, see, we're laughing, we're good. In a figurative sense, I, I mean, I've, I've seen sometimes people will look at a rapper and just walk by it. You see a rapper pick it up. You know, if, if you see something that needs to be done, if, if the toilet paper's out in the bathroom, there, we, we've put cabinets in every bathroom stocked with toilet paper. Just replace it. It's just a simple own, own your place in the house. This is your home. This is your family. Treat it like that. Amen? So this is a great house. I think we're building something here that um, is, is really, we might not see it immediately, but it's going to transform the area because we're simply following God's pattern. I see growth every single week, every month, every year in the people of this house. And, uh, and I don't say this lightly. I don't care if I got offered to pastor a church of 50,000 people tomorrow. I would not take it because I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And I want you to know that I'm honored to be a part of this house. And I mean that. And I love you guys. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray. And uh, I won't spit on you, I promise. <laughs> Jessica? Oh, you got something? So a lot of y'all know that Brian and I are starting a new life. Um, start being the quote-unquote parents. And um, we know that we've already been praying for him, and we've been praying still for him. So tomorrow is God's time to shine, and it is to, to, to us, to be honest with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Lord, I, I just, first of all, we're going to cover uh, Travis and Reed. I, I, I pray that tomorrow they get great results, um, that they see um, nothing but progress and positivity, and that, th- that they would just take that moment to just proclaim and praise your name even more right in the middle of that office where all the people in there that might not know you, they hear who you are in that moment because it's only by you that you're blessing this God. So we thank you for that. I thank you that they are seeking you more and more every day and I just speak blessings on their household. And God, we thank you for just in this house, just a tonight, just a tremendous spirit of unity and, and, and just looking forward to walking into what you are giving us a pattern for. We are excited for, to build family. We're excited to go deeper in discipleship, raising up more and more people to walk in what they're called to walk in, God. You've given us a vision to see people come alive in Christ. So I just thank you right now that we are coming alive in you. We love you. And so in your name we pray, everybody said, amen. amen. Love you guys.